Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. No, my, my Wii U didn't die. Dad just drove it to a farm upstate where it could run and play with with all the other Wii U's. They're there, Patrick. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the future of the Bayonetta series. And then on Thursday, we are drafting the best Nintendo Switch online service imaginable. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Um, I wear a night guard, like okay. a mouth night mm-hmm. guard, when I sleep because I clench my teeth. Yeah. Like, super hard. Grind them. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I, I got a new one just a little while ago. So it was pristine, which means that sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I, like, take the night guard out, and I can see I'm beginning to, like, chisel little indentations yes. into the bottom from, like, clenching so hard. And I feel a little bit like in a, a like a werewolf movie when somebody when they you know, chain themselves, trans, yeah, when they to like the, transform, the yeah. and then they wake up the next uh-huh. morning and they like what look at the, yeah, they look at the mess and yeah. they're like what happened last night? Yeah. And I feel that same way where I'm like oh there's a new little like tooth chisel there where I must have like really ground down yesterday. It's like what was going on? Yeah, but also like it's a thing in your mouth. <laughs> like your your subconscious self is right to chew on. It's a thing in your mouth, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, that is, I guess, that. so better, I mean, look, I'm not complaining, better the <laughs> night guard than my teeth, and clearly. Your tongue. Right, yes. <laughs> um, do you, so, uh, they just do night guards on, like, one set of teeth, right? Like, Yeah, that's right. No one has, like, two night guards. I don't know. I had a night guard for a while, but then I, I had some, uh, like, work done, like, some uh, I, crowns and a, a root canal. Um, so, like, it really did, like, a, a number, like, remodeled my mouth. Oh, sure. Right? It wouldn't, like, fit anymore. I mean, that's, that's like, I, I put it in and it was like, no, this doesn't work now. <laughs> um, and so I haven't gotten it replaced yet. Uh-huh. Um, but I also, like, I always wonder, like, why does a mouth guard need to be so precisely fit to your teeth? Why can't it just, like, a boxer just wears, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a big plastic I mean, I, thing. Ge- I guess you, I guess you could. You're saying I should go to a sporting goods store? <laughs> <laughs> Give it a try. Give it a try. It's going to be cheaper than going to the dentist, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Mark, also cheaper than going to the dentist, joining our Patreon and supporting us there. Um, we appreciate you supporting us no matter how you do that, even if it's uh, listening to the show for free. We love it when you do that. But if you want to throw a couple bucks our way, you can go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society and check out what we have to offer there. That's right. We are doing at the 8 and 16-bit level, we are doing an bonus episode of the show every month. It's actually a mini series right now called NCS Detective Club, where we are talking about the great detective shows of television. Um, we have done Murder, She Wrote. Mm-hmm. We have done Monk. Mm-hmm. We have done Diagnosis Murder. And, and coming up. And we're going to be talking about Psych, um, a show I've never seen before. So same. looking forward to that. 
Uh, it's going to be great. So uh, check check that out if that is of interest to you or if you're interested in supporting us in any way. Uh, and if you want to hang out with us uh, more, you can do so on Discord. Um, that is, uh, we have our own Discord server where we're always talking about Nintendo stuff, sharing what we've been playing, and now uh, squatting up in Pikmin Bloom. I'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, but uh, if you would like an invite to the Discord, just email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail and we will gladly uh, send you an invitation. Mark, would you like to talk about what we've been playing this week. Yeah, let's do it. First order of business, of course, the uh, Tetris 99 ticket update. I have been thinking about this. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, and uh, first of all, absolutely want to hear your update. Okay. But second of all, I think I'm going to save the theme song. <gasps> For what? I don't know. For like anniversary thing, or just like you're you're saving it for you and well. No, maybe okay. for like maybe for like big milestones. Sure. Like uh, when you pass seven hundred. Sure. Okay. Um, we'll need to just come up with something special when you hit nine hundred ninety nine. Right. 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 That's interesting because the do you read the uh, the the theme music as celebratory i always read it as like anticipatory right oh, uh -huh. that it's like building up the the suspense right because because otherwise it's just a number and it's a number that increases by somewhere between like 15 and 28 uh -huh. every week so like people are just waiting to hear what that number is okay no you're right you're right dun 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 672 that's pretty good i crossed the 666 threshold this weekend uh i was like cool 666 number of the beast all right um very fun i uh it's it feeling like a chore now for like for real um that uh i i'm i'm enjoying the other games that i'm playing so much that i like kind of resent it in this moment <laughs> but i can't stop mark wow i don't know i i am uh excited for your progress nervous for this evolution in your relationship with tetris 99 <laughs> um a game that just last week you were saying is maybe one of or two weeks ago one of your favorite games of all time it's my game of the year every year since it came out yeah. yes i i uh, that is still true uh -huh. we're just we're going through a rough patch right now that's all oh, okay sure yeah Re relationships grow and evolve mm -hmm. i'm just worried that like you know historians will listen back on this and they'll be able to chronicle your like breaking up with Tetris 99 no, come in real time. On, come on. Over a course of months. Historians who are listening back to this show, first of all, thank you for, yeah, checking, thank you for, checking, thank us you for checking us out. out. Sorry that the Patreon doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but please, you know, leave a review. <laughs> uh, but uh, there, there's so much evidence of me uh, having a great relationship with Tetris 99. Yeah, that's this right. This is a blip. It's a blip. It's a rough patch. That's it. Okay, that's fine. Or it's the beginning and the end, and who knows? <laughs> uh, Mark, how's, how's Paranormicide going? It's... So good. I finished it. Um, I would say that it takes between... I actually don't know how long I played it. I want to say like seven hours. Um, so I talked about last week, uh, this is an adventure game. You know, like uh, uh, choose your own uh, point and click. Still struggling You're with exactly hung up what on to it like call work. this. It's an adventure game. <laughs> okay, great. You know, uh, it's like um, a Famicom Detective Club yeah. type game. But more dealing with the paranormal, more dealing with like uh murders and killings and like that sort of thing um i finished it one thing that i really like about it that is you know when we talked about famicom detective club the frustration of kind of like the the age of that game in that sometimes you're stuck you don't really know what to do yeah paranormal site is set up really well 
in that, you know, different chapters and have branching paths, but you know when there's a branching path and it makes it very easier for you mm. to like like I in one playthrough was able to see all the different endings. Oh yeah, that's because nice. it's like yeah. set up for you to be like, oh, there's something more for me to explore. It's not like hidden from you. Yeah. Um, I would say that the overall like I really recommended this game last week, but I hadn't finished it yet. I am still really recommending it. I think it's really fun. The narrative, you know, it it uh assumes. Does it go crazy? It doesn't actually go that. Oh, okay. I mean, the game. It just like the premise is pretty crazy. <laughs> okay. And, and and so you just have to like roll with it because everybody in the world is just like, oh yes, curses, a thing that exists in this world. Sure. You know, like we all know what that is. It does do the the kind There's of like, a curse in the forgotten air too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So I mean it's it's there you go. It's um it's par for the course in the genre. But there's uh it does kind of, you know, that funny adventure game writing where uh the budget for these games are small, it has limited uh like backgrounds like areas that it goes to yeah so there's a lot of like oh let me like walk over and talk to this person or you know i'm gonna go investigate this thing fade to black fade back up and the person just tells you like all of the information about like the interaction that just happened and everything. yeah sure you don't experience a lot of it but overall really loved it it's not that long like i said it's very um it's very beginner friendly in the se- in, like in that you can play the game and you can't get stuck. Like it's oh, that's like nice. you know yeah. like um it's very generous with hints and there's a couple of times where you can quote unquote like fail again but your game isn't over. There's just this sequence where it's just where somebody feeds you a little bit of information and if you fail again, you get like a little more hint. You know like it's just yeah, really yeah, yeah. fair at doling out the information. I really enjoyed it. I'm the huge booster of it. So I would recommend checking out Paranormasite if those sort of games are your thing. Uh, I'm going to just pick up on that uh, because something that you mentioned uh, is also present in a, a game that I'm playing, a game that I have been playing for uh, like a month now, Fire Emblem Engage, um, uh, which I I only grow to love more uh, as, as, as time passes. Um, I think I might like it more than Three Houses uh, wow. at, at this point. Um, you know, the whatever you want to say about like the story or character is like it, it's all it's all come back around now and I'm just like I'm just on board. Well, that was a wow for me, but I don't actually don't what what is I talk a lot about how much I love three houses, but yeah. what was your temperature on it? Oh I I like three houses yeah. a lot. Um I mean it's uh uh I've finished three Fire Emblem games in my life, um Awakening, Fates and uh, uh and Three Houses. I will finish um uh this one that I'm singing the praises Engage. of. Right? Engage. What, what is your internal ranking of like those, the three that you've previously finished of like fates, three houses and awakening. Uh, oh, so reverse that order. So, uh, uh, awakening number one, three houses, number two and fates, number three. Cool. Uh, but uh, the oh the the thing that that you were describing of like uh, I'm gonna go to this place fade to black and whatever um you know the <clears throat> excuse me the the way that uh, Fire Emblem like tells its stories in like the, these cutscenes um, unless they're doing like a full blown like animated thing they're just these sort of like talking heads where like the characters are are like animated in them but they're animated in a very like specific slash limited way um, where you can tell they can't interact with each uh, other, uh-huh. right? Because um, uh, 3D models interacting with each other, hugely complicated thing, right? Um, and just like not worth it when 99% of the time they're just going to be like gesturing at you as, as they speak. Um, but so there is a big dramatic moment where 
Um, the villains are, and I'm gonna, you know, not use like names or specifics to uh, obscure this if people are worried about spoilers. Um, but there is a a character whose like consciousness is like uh, slipping into and out of like an evil being, um, and or the evil being like takes over the. Con- it's not totally clear to me exactly what what's happening. Uh, and one of the villains uh, uh, smacks this character, uh, but it the way it's executed is like you see one character like. You see the the one who's about to get smacked, and then you see the one who smacks, uh, and like there's like the wind up, and then it fades to black, and then you hear, <laughs> and then you like back, and the other one is on the ground, you know. So it's just like, okay, all right, you couldn't, you didn't have like uh, an animation of these two like fighting, um, or just like a, a single blow. Didn't want to do like a full blown. Um, like a, a, a fully animated thing for it. Uh, so it's just these, these like little shortcuts here and there, um, which is, you know, true in like all of the social interactions. You probably remember this from uh, three houses too, where it's like um, when you sit down to like have uh, dinner with people, um, it like fades to black. And then it's like this person sitting at this chair, this person sitting at this chair, they don't touch the food. They don't touch, they don't talk to each other. Um, it's all just like very funny little like uh, corner cutting uh, stuff in the storytelling. Yeah, um, but I, I I I love it still. Um, and uh, Mark, I let a character die. Wow. Um, so there's this there's this dude Gene that you meet in one of the or Jean, probably Jean, um, that you meet uh like in one of the early paralogs, who's like a, a kid who's a doctor. Um, and uh, he's uh, basically every Fire Emblem game except maybe Three Houses, maybe no, I think Three Houses has one of these. Um. A, a character that you meet at like level one and is like bad for a long time, right? Um, and if you like really work on like keeping them around for a long time and leveling them up, they end up being like one of the more powerful units in the game. And I never have the patience to like keep these guys around. Um, but this time I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna keep Gene around, Jean around. Um, and uh, then he died in like maybe like the penultimate turn of a chapter that I was like grinding on for like two hours and I couldn't like figure out a way to like rewind to fix it. So I was like, all right, <laughs> maybe I won't see you. See, <laughs> yeah. see you bud. Uh, oh, so, poor Jean. so pour one out. Uh, goodbye. No machine. <laughs> though I never knew you at all. Um, he lived his life like a candle in the wind, Mark. Uh, what else have you been playing? I finally got around to playing the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 4 yes. uh, tracks. So the Fruit Cup, which is the Tour Amsterdam Drift. Or sorry, Amsterdam Drift from Mario Kart Tour. Riverside Park from the GBA game. DK Summit from Wii. And Yoshi's Island, which is a new track. And then Boomerang Cup, which is Bangkok Rush, Mario Circuit, Waluigi Stadium, and Singapore Speedway. For me personally, I would say the Yoshi's Island one is pretty incredible. It's a slam dunk. It's have you pl- have you oh yeah played them? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So I I, I, I played them uh, on my own, and then this last weekend I got Sarah to play them with me. Too, oh, cool. Because so, yeah. I don't think we talked about it on the show. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Yoshi's Island is super fun. It's fun to see like those Yoshi Island enemies whose names I don't know. Like the really like uh, 
like fat duck things that walk around. Sh- yeah, okay, yeah. Whatever duck, those yeah, are called. Sure. Uh-huh. And having shy guys up on stilts, like mm-hmm. um, that was really fun. And those like seagulls that are like flying around. Oh yeah, and you know just some of like the other Yoshi's Island stuff. Like there's like the question mark cloud. I lo- that question that... mark cloud that when you run into it, it makes a bridge uh-huh. so that you can finish the level like in the like uh, Yoshi like circle of flowers. Yeah, yeah and it allows you great. to like take the corner a little mm-hmm. faster. Like that that's like really fun. I. Uh, I like how these uh, booster course passes, and I guess maybe Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in general, is kind of like rehabilitating the G- the Game Boy Advance Mario Kart circuit yeah. tracks for me. Like I like Riverside uh, Park. Well, it's uh, well, it's not like uh, anything uh, interesting in like its layout. Um, I love the way it looks. Yes, it's got this like sunset vibe where yeah, it's like it is it's really, very cool. It is really good. And like I honestly like I don't remember these tracks well enough to remember what like the GBA version is sure, like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought Riverside Park was great. DK Summit, super fun. I had forgotten how fun this track is. Yeah. DK Summit's so good. And then it's also cool to have the uh uh the like half pipe mechanic back. Yes. I, I know uh we had seen it in like Maple Treeway and maybe another one of them. Um, but it, it's not something that's uh, present in the base uh Mario Kart 8. And then the uh from the Boomerang Cup for me, I, I think Mario Circuit is fun. Uh, it, it's another one kind of like Riverside Park where it doesn't do anything special, but I love that you like go through the woods and there's like oh, the light yeah, shining yeah. through it. Like mm-hmm. that part's nice. But for me, the standout track here was definitely Singapore Speedway, which to me with all of, it's a, like a night race and all the neon yeah. in Singapore it, and the music, it feels like a terrestrial rainbow road to me a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's very cool to see that like, uh, Oh, that big hotel that's like the the three towers and like what appears to be like a boat spanning the three of them um, is very cool. Um, I I do I struggle with both uh, Bangkok Rush and um, Amsterdam Drift. Um, they they both are so like Mario Kart tour y that like I don't know. Sarah had this complaint as we were playing them that like when they change every lap. It takes forever to learn it, mm-hmm. um, and they have so many like really sharp turns in them where it's like I'm gonna just get screwed if I make like the wrong split second decision about which way I'm gonna be drifting here. Um, and there sure are, are big bright arrows, but you know sometimes sometimes you'll see uh, arrows in either direction pointing in, and like if your eye just catches the ones on the right, and you're like, okay, I gotta start like skidding to the left. Um, then you're, uh, you're, it'll be ruinous. The thing I liked about Amsterdam Drift is I love at the end when you uh, go through like the tulip the tulips fields. are good. Yeah, it is very fun. I think I may- maybe I haven't been paying attention to Mario Kart Eight Deluxe um, enough because this could be true for all of the tracks. But uh, the- when this time, and I know that it's happened in the past, but I was really struck by like the difference in scale. Sometimes in like the <laughs> it's pretty crazy the yeah. uh you know like the Koopas that are st- or Toads or whatever that are they'll be standing on the side of the track yeah and like cheering and they're so much bigger than the drivers themselves yeah well there are like Goombas on the track and the Goombas are like you know if 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 Mario if Mario's like five and a half feet tall uh-huh. and he's sitting down down in this cart the Goombas got to be like eight feet tall. <laughs> Uh, it's also fun, and I can't remember which one it was. Um, maybe it was Yoshi's Island, where it has the uh, the um, fire or not the fire flowers, the like piranha plants from Mario th- Super Mario Brothers three that like walk around. Yes, yes, and they're yes. blowing the um, like items 
up into the air right, uh, right, instead right. of the spiky balls from the game. And so you can like hit them with shells and they'll drop the item. Like that, I thought and that sometimes was it's a good well. item. Sometimes it's a bad uh-huh. item. Sometimes they, they drop a banana. <laughs> so yeah, I, again, another great wave mm-hmm. from uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And uh, I, I hope that what you know you, you were we were speculating on last week turns out to be true and that there is there is more waves on the way. Yeah, I I hope so too. Uh I'm going to talk about Pikmin Bloom for a oh, second. Oh yeah, yeah, please. Um so I have now decided that Pikmin Bloom is my thing. I do it now. It is not just something I experimented with. I am now very much interested in Pikmin Bloom. Mark, I got to your house like 15 minutes early so I could go for a little walk. Oh, I love that. Uh, plant some flowers around here. Uh, I am now, I, we have started a Pikmin Bloom uh, channel in our Discord. If you would like to uh, become friends with other people in the Nintendo Cartridge Society community, people are dropping their friend codes in there. Uh, we can take on challenges together. Um, Connor, okay, yes. What, oh, so what is the challenge? Because I saw you guys talking about that. And yes. last week when you were talking about your experience with Bloom, I don't think you had done one yet. And so we were kind of wondering, right. like, what is the thing like what is the combat right well so how so does it work i haven't done any combat yet but um but there was a uh there was a mushroom near me this weekend that was a uh like saint patrick's day themed mushroom so i could only send um pikmin with uh shamrocks on their heads uh to fight it okay you're talking like a real bloomy because <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about that's right what do you mean there's a mushroom there's a mushroom okay so um, is that like a gym in Pokemon Go? Kind of, okay. yes. So there are there are like uh, mushrooms. There are like large flowers and stuff. I I, I went to a, uh, a a concert in Hollywood this weekend, uh, and there was a a large flower um, that I wanted to go check out uh, while we were in line for the concert, um, and it was uh, over Gregory Peck's star on the Walk of Fame. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. Um, but so it just gave me like boosts as to like what uh, flowers I could um, grow on, on on my Pikmin for a, a period when, when I was around it. Um, but so uh, the specific challenge that I uh, that uh, friend of the show, Connor McCabe, and I took on this weekend was a flower planting um thing so like you gather petals as as you're playing the game uh and then you as you walk you can decide to distribute flowers plant flowers um and then like it'll show up on your map as like there are flowers along this walkway Uh, and if you're playing with other people if you're playing with friends then other people can also see those flowers um you don't have to play with other people you don't have to play with friends uh so it can just be your own private uh flowers um but so the challenge that Connor and I took on that was supposed to be like a six day challenge, but we started it on like the fifth day was plant 30,000 flowers. <laughs> we got to about 9,000 oh flowers. Oh my gosh, so amazing. Like, you know, we, we put in like a, a, a good effort. Didn't get close, um, but uh, we've started now a new one and we're going to get it this time. I, I just know it. Um, but so, yeah, the the ability to uh, uh, attack mushrooms is something that just appeared for me this weekend, uh, and I didn't have the right Pikmin to, to uh, actually do it. So I'm excited for what this game has to offer in terms of, like, little systems that it's hiding behind um, the grind and just sort of, like, the uh, the process of, of playing the game um mostly i'm just excited for how it's motivating me to go on walks uh, and go on runs and stuff like that uh because i feel like i've been bad about staying active uh lately in the, in the last i guess all, all, all year so far really um and uh now i'm like no i'm uh, it's i will be excited to have 
more nectar to give my Pikmin, uh, to plant some flowers and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving Pikmin bloom. Mark, if you want to jump in and want to be my friend, uh, you are, you are welcome to it. That's amazing. I am, uh, I, I love that you guys are getting, I hear a no, I hear the no, 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 I, I, I truthfully don't know what I'm going to do, but I will say that I love that you guys are getting into Pikmin bloom because it kind of reminds me of our experience, or at least my experience with Ring Fit Adventure, where when that mm. was revealed, it, I mean, it was a very weird video that revealed yes. it, but it was like, I don't get this. And then it became a big success. I don't know that I can say it about Pikmin Bloom yet, but it became, you know, and then when we finally picked it up, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like really cool. I feel like Pikmin Bloom has been a similar journey where when it was first announced, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. we tried it for like a couple minutes, didn't really get it, right? you know, and right. I, um, but it is cool to learn that there is like, something there and that it is entertaining yeah and there's something there in a way that's not uh i mean i I know that like it's built on the same bones as like pokemon right at pokemon go um but there's uh it just feels more accessible to me um because there aren't like a million different creatures that you need to like know the names of or have like an existing affinity for um there are a ton of different pikmin but like you know this one's blue this one's red this one's yellow okay, you know, whatever. But this one has a shamrock on its head. This one has a Mario hat. Uh, Connor showed me one that he uh, grew the other day that had a baguette sticking out of its head. <laughs> That's awesome. Because he amazing. found it near a bakery. That is so good. I picked up a little chef the other day because I picked him up near a restaurant. He has a little chef hat. That is so cute. Yeah. Uh, have you bought the T-shirt that Miyamoto was wearing when he showed okay. off Pikmin Bloom in 2022's tried to buy moment? The shirt. Oh, really? I have tried to buy this is shirt. It, is it out of stock? It's out of stock. Oh, for, what a bummer. Uh, not in women's sizes, though. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, that's... Uh, still possible. Still possible, yes. I have also been playing... So I finished Paranormosite. I was messing around with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And uh, I went back to Metroid Fusion. There we go. Which um, I forgot. First of all, really enjoying it. I also forgot how, and I'm still pretty early, so it could change. But I just don't get the feeling that my memory is that the game is not that long. And I don't feel like now that I'm replaying it, it's like, oh, I don't think it gets kind of crazy open. It is very linear compared oh, yeah. to like yeah, a, totally. um, I would say a typical Metroid game. And well, and it kind of gates you in the specific biomes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In the specific biomes. And it is very generous with like, oh, you, you got to a biome. The biomes are not that big. And here's like a save station, a navigation station, and yeah. um, like a refill station, like back to back to back. Yeah. But, uh, and, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it is funny how all of the, in hindsight, all of, like, the groundwork for Other M is kind of in there. There's it all is, this talk about Adam Malkovich yep. and, like, him calling her lady mm-hmm. and how it was really a sign of respect. And you would always be like, okay, lady? Or, it's right. just interesting that all those pieces are there. That okay with you, lady? <laughs> and then she thumbs down. Yeah. Which was really her way of showing approval. <laughs> but I love. Uh, but I'm enjoying fusion. It's it's uh, a lot of fun, and I love that crazy color scheme. I just eat it up. It's nuts. Uh, I, I it's it is so cool. It's such a weird like piece of the. I know we talked a lot about the GBA library last week, um, but like one of the weird quirks is that for games that came out early in the library, uh, they had to have the brightest color scheme possible because <laughs> yeah. the screen was so dark. <laughs> also, I'm playing. So I'm playing fusion, and mm-hmm. again, not that long. So I think it's gonna just take me a couple more hours to knock it out and i've been thinking like oh what am i gonna play afterwards and so i decided to re-download 
Super Mario 3D All-Stars because I didn't play Galaxy oh. when that f- was first released. Mm-hmm. I played 64 and Sunshine and never got around to Galaxy. And I'm in the mood for that sort of thing between now and uh, um, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. So, uh, What do you mean, that sort of thing? Like, it's like a uh, Mario game? Yeah, or, yeah, just like a Mario game. Like a kind of like a, um, just like a platformer where I can yeah. just like run and have fun type game. Uh, the best part of any Mario game is just making them run and jump. Uh, Mark, I speaking of run and jump, I am playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, uh, which I picked up recently as part of the uh, Mar 1-0 day sale. Um, uh, I When I started it, I did not engage funky mode. I said, funky mode, not for me. Don't need funky Kong. Now, even without funky mode, they still give an additional heart. They right? do not. Oh, no, that's only in funky mode. Uh, maybe. Oh, okay. I, I, is it in funky mode that he has three hearts? Didn't. Um, now I can't remember. It's been so long since I played it. And, I, right. and that it released, I can't remember the difference. But my memory is that in the base game, or maybe it is just in funky mode, that they give you an additional heart. Does, but I could be wrong. So uh, does in, when you're in funky mode, do you still pair up with the other Kongs? Or are you just always funky? Like, when you're normally playing the game, uh-huh. you're, you're Donkey Kong, and you get to a barrel, and you pick it up, and you throw it, and then, like, Cranky Kong joins you, or Dixie Kong, or, or Diddy. Um, when you're playing it in funky mode, does is Funky just, like, a, a solo act, or does he bring other monkeys along with him? I can't remember. Now it has me... It's been so long since I played it... I it's can't... not fair of me to say, I'm playing this game, Mark, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> I just, no, I, I honestly can't remember because uh, here's my memory, and yeah. it very much could not be true because it's been, it was 2019, I think, when I played this. Um, but my memory is that the base game, like, has an extra heart in it than what the Wii U version had because I played with like i did not play as funky kong when i played like i was playing as you were like, playing the regular mode i think so but so then, then like in the regular mode you only have two hearts which i think is one more than you had in the wii u version really but but again it's been you know yeah, like it's been so long that i can't really remember for sure but i'm pretty sure that's also a difference between the donkey kong country returns on wii and donkey kong country returns 3d on 3ds that they gave you an extra heart uh on on each one of those although at this point we might just be making things up (laughs) yeah i truly i (laughs) i truly can't remember i i just yeah i can't remember all of which was just to say that like i i wish i could like dip into funky mode and just like uh at the beginning of a a level be like do you want to play this as as funky kong because i think that would be fun um especially like after i go through a level because, you know, that's that's sort of the way I approach it. I, I get to a level and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to get as many um, puzzle pieces and, and letters in like a, a normal playthrough. But I'm mostly just trying to make it to the end uh, and then like go back in to look for stuff. And it would be fun if that going back into it was as Funky Kong with a different move set and with more health and all that stuff. But that's not exactly the way the game is set up. But enjoying your playthrough? Yeah, it's it's uh, it truly is filling that uh, hole of like just something kind of fun to pass the time, you know, like it's the, my Mario galaxy. It's your Mario galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're all just uh, passing time until tears <laughs> of the kingdom comes out. Um, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. 
Well, here's something that's actually already out, and we touched on this during Thursday's episode, but new games were added to the Game Boy uh, NES and SNES Switch Online libraries last week. Yeah, um, and like a pretty good spread of games, honestly, by, by the standards of... Uh, you know, when they release a, a bunch of these games at, at one time. Uh, we've got Kirby's Dream Land 2. We've got Burger Time Deluxe, both on uh, Game Boy. Side Pocket on the Super NES, which is the one, like, kind of disposable one in, in this list. Uh, and Xevious uh, for the NES. Yeah, and uh, both Kirby's Dream Land 2 and Burger Time Deluxe were not on the list of, like, upcoming Game Boy releases. Confusing. Which is kind of cool, because then you're like, well, anything can happen now. Right. Now I'm like, oh, I'm not disappointed that Donkey Kong 94 wasn't on that list of games coming to the GB uh, to the GB library. Yeah. Um, I did spend some time playing uh, playing these games um, this this weekend. Burger Time Deluxe, surprisingly good. Um, I, I am like an okay level fan of uh, Burger Time in the arcade um, the NES has like a famously like kind of crummy port of it. Um, is Burger Time? What is that one? Is that the one where you're like walking on ladders and yeah, and like you're pushing, you're like building a sandwich. And yeah, and like, like as as you walk over like the bun, then it falls down. And there's below. some sort of enemy creature that's like they're like little you. eggs and peppers and stuff like that chasing you around. Um, and the uh, the uh, Burger Time Deluxe on Game Boy. As uh, you know, like the first couple screens are, you know, just like single screen experiences of that. But then as you get deeper into the game, it becomes like you scroll to the left and scroll to the right and have oh. like, uh, you know, a lot to manage. And like you're collecting because you can get pepper and uh, you shoot pepper at an enemy to like make them kind of stunned and like sneak past them. Um, and so like managing that, picking up the pepper upgrades um, and uh, like making the burgers and managing these platforms is like really pretty cool and compelling and uh the music is great the graphics are like delightfully game boy um for me burger time deluxe is the pick from from these four with a side pocket on thursday we were Mm -hmm. joking oh um i bet because it's a it's a pool game yep like billiards and we were like oh i bet maybe this is one of those games that's like random and has like an amazing soundtrack and so you turned it on after we finished recording last week and they're it does have a jukebox mode. Immediately accessible. You don't even need to unlock it. But I would say it's an okay soundtrack. It's an okay soundtrack. I, there were like two or three tracks. We were like, hey, all right. But it it lives in a lot of the same like smooth jazz kind of uh, area that like isn't super compelling on, uh, on that thing. But this update does, does bring the total library of games to 196. Yes. Uh, not counting SP versions, Japanese exclusives, or the uh, European variants of, of games. So, Mark, we're getting close to it. What will be the 200th game on the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pass? First of all, kind of crazy that there's 200 games on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's nuts. It's a big library. Um, do you want to know? I have the list of games that have been announced but have not yet been released. Yeah. Would, would you like that? Okay. That'd be great. Um, so uh, The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, the Pokemon trading card game, Kirby Tilt and Tumble, um, uh, Mario Party 3, Pokemon Stadiums 1 and 2, 1080 Snowboarding, Excite Bike. I've moved from Game Boy to Nintendo 64. I apologize. <laughs> Excite Bike 64, Harvest Moon 64, and then on the GBA, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, uh, F-Zero Maximum Velocity, Golden Sun, uh, and that's it. Huh. Do you do you think that they'll like commemorate the 200th? 
If they're going to commemorate the 200th, I don't think any of these are good candidates for I that. Fe- I feel like if they're going to commemorate it, it's got to be like Pokemon Yellow right. or something <laughs> yes. like that. Uh, or like a simultaneous release of uh, Donkey Kong 94 and Donkey Kong 60. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Like to get to 99 and 100 at the same time. That uh-huh. that would be cool. That'd be cool. Or Metroid Zero Mission, right? Like, oh, yeah. That'd be fun, too. Uh, but... Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I like that the answer was like, oh, ooh, none of these. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Super Mario Land? That would be great. Like, it's it's not on here. It, yeah, it, and it they have be. all this, like, uh, there's so much Mario buzz in the air. Yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah, be we got fun. Mario buzz. Also, uh, uh, Super Mario Land 3, Wario Land. Like, let's let's get that on that'd there. That'd also be really fun. Um, yeah, okay. Good. All, all, all good possibilities. On talking about new releases, though, on Wednesday, March 22nd, Have a Nice Death is released on Switch. And this is one that we've seen, I want to say, in a couple of directs at this point or Indie World showcases. Yeah, we're actually getting a couple of uh, games in that uh, class coming out this week. On Thursday, um, Storyteller uh, comes out, also Monorail Stories. Um, Those are both games that we've seen in in previous uh, Indie World showcases. It seems like this is sort of the the time by which those checks are being cashed, right? Did we have one one of those in January? I don't remember. In Indie World? Yeah, I have a hard time remembering as well. but yeah, we're just sort of like reaching that threshold of uh, those games are actually coming out. And then uh, finally, just wanted to call out here that Square Enix is having a sale in the U.S. Switch eShop now through March 31st. And it has some pretty good deals on uh, stuff like Dragon Quest Treasures, which came out just a couple of months ago, is $35.99 uh, versus the regular $60. Final Fantasy 9, 7... 8 remastered and uh 10 10 2 and 12 are all on sale the final- most natural order to list them in <laughs> final <laughs> fantasy 9 is like 1050 versus 21 mm-hmm. bucks um final fantasy 7 is eight dollars versus 16 final this is the one that i'm like oh maybe this is the time for me to get it final fantasy 8 remastered is just 10 bucks i was thinking about this too um i'm also a little bit interested in picking up uh 10 slash 10 2 and uh 12 because like i've not messed around with the hd re-releases of any of those um and just like i don't, <laughs> I don't know it's too many final fantasy it games is to pick it's up, way but. too many yeah and but like yeah having like 12 be that for whatever reason is the one that like my where i'm like ooh, that could be fun to revisit um as well I, but eight for 10 bucks yeah is, that's yeah. the uh that's that's the one that my eye is on um, Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition is $14 versus 20. I would like to speak to that for a second. <laughs> Please. Um, because I, <laughs> I, I recently turned on, uh, Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, um, uh, because I was like, oh yeah, we read about a, uh, patch to the oh, game. Yeah, did to, you end like, up finishing? No, not even close. Oh no, no, sorry. Not Chrono Cross. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, I, I, I checked back in to see like how much the performance had improved. Um, and if you recall, I had gotten myself like stuck in a like glitched, thing where uh the enemies uh in in an area were enemies that shouldn't have been there anyway um and i was like ah, okay i'll go into one of these battles where like the frame rate drops to like miserable um incredible frame rate oh so it really was an improvement it seems like they fixed it oh that's great uh it's running at a higher frame rate than it ever did on on uh playstation one so uh, if you were ever interested in uh, Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, but were turned off by me saying the performance is rough, the performance is no longer rough. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Crisis Core. That's the one I was Crisis asking about. Core. Yeah. Uh, no, I never finished it. Uh, but I was so close. That's also $10 off. Uh, it's normally 50 is going for 40 Yeah. So a ton of other games in here that uh, I didn't list. But yeah, a, pre a pretty strong sale from Square Enix right now. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on the show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark, and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark? You've posed a question here. That's right. Patrick, if you could switch places with any fictional character for a day, who would it be and why? Okay. Okay. So it just is had to pick a fictional character uh -huh. that we switch places with. Yes. Which means they'll have to perform my duties for a day. Yeah. I, and I, I'll have to perform their duties yes, for a day. Yes, that is true. That's true. Okay. And then when we switch back, like, uh, like do people know that we're... I think so. Okay. I think it is like... Well, because I'll tell you mine. Okay. <laughs> And it's the cat in the hat. Okay. I think it'd be great for one day to be an element of chaos. Yes. Huh. To be to have like that sort of like um freedom. Right. Because uh you know, like I'm like a worrier by nature. Mm -hmm. I don't think the cat in the hat has a care in the world. No, I don't think he does either. But I mean, Mark, how could you enjoy your life as the cat in the hat knowing that you're sentencing your husband <laughs> to live a day no, with it's the true. cat in the hat. It's so true. Like, Who knows what you'd come back to. Like, that's chaos. I your would house be. would be burned to the ground. Yeah. It, um, I mean, everything works out fine in the book, right? Uh, I guess so. Uh, like, he does – he has, like, a machine that cleans everything up, or the kids do it? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember either. Does this mean you have to spend a day hanging out with thing one and thing two? <laughs> that could be fun. <laughs> it's just a day. That's true. That's yeah. true. Anyways, I think that would be, I think that'd be my pick. Um so you also get like whatever abilities this person has for for that Yeah, time, I think right? that's fair. I don't think like I would switch with a cat in the hat and then have like the expectations to be able to do magical things like the cat <laughs> in the hat without the tools to do right, so. Right, right, right. So like if I pick Batman, for example. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cuz like there there are some ways where like that fantasy of like hanging on gargoyles, right. uh stopping muggings, uh you know, uh Fighting the Joker. <laughs> yeah, you 100% have their abilities. It's okay. not like you're okay. like, oh, uh, you know, like Patrick in Gotham City expected to do the role of Batman. That's right. You know, without any of the tools. Right. Okay, so I think I would like that for two reasons. One is I think the the, the power fantasy would be fun to engage with for uh, one night, but not have to live with. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> not have to make that my nightly sure. mission. Well, also, you get to like the perks of being a Batman without the uh like the emotional weight right. that goes with it your parents didn't get murdered outside a movie theater they did not yeah that's right <laughs> um I, and i think if bruce wayne has to live a day in my life he's gonna make some upgrades <laughs> and i get to come back to those upgrades he's gonna be spending wayne money right <laughs> that's right because he also has like whatever you know um he has his tools right well wait if the if it is true that you have batman's tools does that mean that hmm. he's expected to live your life with your tools? So he would be he's gonna, he's, he's gonna burn through my reserves though, because he's gonna spend like the way he spends. Uh, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, that could be problem. So he's gonna bankrupt he's, me. He's like, but, but no, I think I feel like Bruce Wayne would be responsible. I don't know if he knows how to be financially responsible. 
All right, we were <laughs> accompanied today by the Berliner Philharmoniker. I like that Bruce Wayne is going to bankrupt me and the cat in the hat is going to burn down your house. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Uh, last week, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon was released, which, you know, expanded the Bayonetta series beyond the core hack and slash games that had been part of it so far. And both Platinum Games and Nintendo seem interested in continuing the series in the future, in theory. In an interview with Famitsu uh, in Japan, series creator Hideki Kamiya and Nintendo producer Makoto Okazaki said this when asked about the series' future, as translated by Nintendo Everything. Uh, Kamiya says, If I just come out and say it openly, we want to make this title part of a new series and keep expanding the world. There's plenty of preparation that goes into that, and we are having discussions along the lines of, we want to do this kind of thing, right? With director Tanari. Although we haven't quite had any of those discussions with Nintendo yet. Mm. And Okazaki laughs saying, so there's certainly nothing concrete we can say at this point. But personally, at least, I don't think this is the end. For now, I think it would be best to listen to the opinions of everyone who played this game and cons- consider where we should go next. Uh, so interest among the uh, creatives behind Bayonetta for more Bayonetta, be it in the form of like Bayonetta Origins or anything else. else. Yeah. I do wonder what happens if Bayonetta Origins bombs. Which I possible. haven't seen it on the eShop bestsellers at all. Yeah. I checked earlier because I didn't see it over the weekend. And and it can it's can absolutely be skewed because, you know, sale items go in there. Totally. You know, like, yeah. Um, a and there's lot. been a lot of big sales lately. Yeah. With like Martende. So there's um so I don't, you know, I don't have any idea, but just, but just like anecdotally, you're looking at the top sellers, and Bandit Origins is not in the top thirty yeah. best-selling games on the U.S. eShop, which does not seem to bode well. I wonder if the, tell me if you think this feels true. The Bayonetta Origins audience buys physical games. Oh, that could be true. The that 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 feels true to me. It feels like a similarly. Uh, enthusiast uh, uh, like collector kind of me- mentality um, so that could be skewing the the numbers on on the eShop um, but even still like you're right it's a little bit of like this is a you know first party ish published by Nintendo it right? is yeah um, so you know it, it is that uh, and to not really chart on there is uh, a, a little yeah, concerning it's not I think. Up anywhere like yeah. I, I don't expect it to overtake you know like uh a Mario game that's on sale. Or even Kirby. Right. Right. But to have it like not show up at all is I, I think worrying. I think you're right. But also that uh, you know, it could talk speak to an audience that primarily, you know, is interested in owning something like that physically. Mm-hmm. I also think it's possible that this the sixty dollar price point, you know, has turned some people off. I also think it's possible that the expectations for how much it would sell are reason like are in check with its performance. Because it's not like the Bayonetta game. Like, I think they have sold, like, Bayonetta 3, I think, has sold over a million copies. But it's not like they're, like, 10 million copy selling games. Right. And And it's also probably, I'm guessing, not as though they expect this Bayonetta Origins to sell on the same magnitude as a mainline Bayo game. Yeah. So, you know, maybe all of of that being said that, sure, yeah, like, it makes sense to continue this spinoff series or do something else with Bayonetta. It certainly seems like it makes sense to continue Bayonetta as a series. 
Yeah. Well, it's it, it's interesting. Like, it, it's hard not to draw parallels to uh, No More Heroes, right? And like that, uh, Travis Strikes Again was this like spinoff game came out before the third entry, whereas this is sort of the 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 reverse of that. Um, the spinoff is coming out after the third entry, but like, I you know, Travis Strikes Again didn't sell particularly well, but. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that No More Heroes goes away necessarily. Nothing really goes away, right? Like, they can just go out of, like, active development and they'll get back around to making more Bayonettas in the future. And I think that's probably what we're what we were going to be looking at anyway, mm-hmm. right? Like, unless this game, like, hit some sort of magic and uh, was, like, starting the world on fire. But I just don't, I just don't think it is that. Yeah. We talked a few weeks ago about users reporting their Wii U's not booting up. And at the time, the speculation was that it was from just, like, disuse. Like, if you didn't use a Wii U for a while, nobody knew. Nobody knew people were saying things like memory leak. Yeah, and we still (laughs) don't know, but Mm -hmm. the homebrew community may have found an alternate reason. Um, The NAND, like, flash memory from a developer, or not a developer, from, like, a manufacturer called Hynix are potentially dying. Yes. So it is possible that what we're seeing is uh, just components from memory components from this one specific manufacturer that are failing within the Wii U's. Yeah. Again, this is still like speculation. We don't know. We may never know exactly what's going on, but that's that seems to be like the popular theory right now. Um, No way to check who manufactured the NAND memory in your Wii U except to like install some sort of homebrew. Or to actually open it up and physically look at it. Uh, but it just says Hynix painted on the yeah. side of it. <laughs> but some report, like, uh, like, I guess spray uh, paint. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, some reports online are saying that only launch 32 gigabyte models used Hynix. But again, there's no comprehensive list that I'm aware of. It just seems to be like what different people have like cobbled together. Also, the uh, like even launch day Wii U's weren't flying off the shelves, so it's kind of impossible to know uh, how long they were out there yeah, before exactly. they got filtered out. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, one thing I just wanted to bring up here, uh, this is the last news episode that we are going to be recording before the uh, 3DS and Wii U eShops close right. down for good, and you will no longer be able to make new purchases on either of them, uh, which puts this, in a, this story in some weird light because... Uh, the temptation is to like quickly gather, uh, you know, we're in the final days here. It's a fire sale. Everything must go. Um, and you know, anything that you want to collect, like now's your last chance, but caveat, how long will your hardware, how long will your hardware last? Yeah. Yeah. Which is all, that's always true, right? Like hardware always has uh, a finite shelf life. We like to think that buying physical things, uh, you know, gives us some sort of immunity from uh, licenses being pulled and like all this other stuff. But physical things can fail just like digital things can. Um, so I don't know. There's no grand conclusion to draw here other than the, everything is impermanent and we all <laughs> die someday. <laughs> See, that's the cat in the hat talking. <laughs> Uh, Disney Speedstorm, the racing game shown off in a Nintendo Direct back in February 2022. I didn't realize it had been that long. It was wow. the like last year's February Direct. Okay. Um, is debuting in early access on April 12th on Switch. Eventually, it's going to be a free-to-play game, but in early access, you can buy the Founders Pack, Deluxe Founders Pack, and Ultimate Founders Pack 
those cost 30 50 and 70 dollars respectively Whew. they come with various combinations of characters tokens for unlocks and card p- parts that uh i did if you're interested you can go and read like all the details for um i think for me personally speedstorm is probably one of those things that when it's free to play could be fun to check out it could be fun to check out but there is something about the like cart racing and i guess it's not cart necessarily right it, or is it just like it's just a racing game yeah i guess I, it's a little unclear i i think it is like you know more in the spirit of a cart racer it than, sure it's not like a, a hardcore sim, sim. Uh-huh. Yeah. we have to account for like mike sully's giant hands <laughs> yeah, as exactly. steering. uh but uh so like there's something about that format of game that like i don't want it to be a uh, you know, to have like gotcha mechanics or like a pay to. Right. I mean, it's kind of the Mario Kart Tour thing where, yeah, you yes. know, mm-hmm. like uh, there would be drivers or carts or something that you could unlock, but have to spend, an, an, you know, a lot of times a ton of money in order to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I kind of just want, especially if like tracks are locked behind. Or like Chocobo Racing GP was another exactly. like, example where it didn't work. I would have been on board with that game if it was just like, no, 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 it's just like a Chocobo Racing yeah, game. Yeah, totally. And, like, that would have been fun and, you know, maybe the racing would have clicked and maybe it wouldn't have. Um, But like, yeah, it's, uh, this feels like a kind of skeezy uh, platform for that, especially when you consider like how much kids like kart racers um and they know that's the point like the the point is like what's the thing that everyone's going to want to play and then everyone can try to spend money on it but i don't know it just feels a little skeezy especially coming from disney yeah it is funny that like the cart for me personally a kart racer i'm like no thank you but again we'll say it again disney dream valley you know, similar That's right. setup, and still, I'm like, well, someday, I think that... Uh, I, I think you and I are one recommendation <laughs> away from playing it. That's right. One I don't person know that we know in the real world yes, who's yeah. like, are you playing Disney Dreamlight Valley? That would be the tipping point. It'd that be would Pikmin do it. Bloom all over again. <laughs> uh, Sonic Frontier- This could be your Pikmin <laughs> Bloom. Could, oh my gosh, it could be. Sonic Frontiers is getting its first major content update this week. It's the sights, sounds, and speed update, start, uh, which will be available starting March 22nd including some new challenge modes, a photo mode, and a jukebox, plus some quality of life improvements. Not really Nintendo news per se, but after Sonic Forces being a part of this show, here we go. <laughs> the fabric of this show for so long, I feel like not an obligation, a responsibility to talk about Sonic They're Frontiers. sort of the same thing. <laughs> responsibility and obligation. Duty bound. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, I mean it's uh I think it, it's good to keep track of what Sonic is doing just so we can be uh, aware of how it may hurt us. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that that's very soon. March yeah, risk management. That's why we're that's why we're talking about Sonic. <laughs> this Frontiers. is the opposite of cat. This is Batman talking. <laughs> um, but yeah, no good. To just keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm every Sonic game should have a jukebox that you can access immediately. A hundred percent. Because if what are those games if not tunes? I mean. I'll, I'll go as far as to say most games should have a jukebox that you can access. That's a great point. And it should be available on the Nintendo Switch Online yeah, of mobile app. Of course it app. should. <laughs> a few weeks ago, we mentioned that Nintendo would be attending PAX East. And at the time, we didn't know what exactly Nintendo would be showing off. And, you know, we speculated, hey, maybe we'd see Tears of the Kingdom playable on the show floor for the first time. Well. Yes. If you needed proof that Nintendo listens intently to this show, drum roll, and moves nimbly to respond to us, 
consider that Nintendo has detailed their plans for the show and Tears of the Kingdom will not be playable. Uh, instead, Nintendo versus Arcade is going to be at the show. It's like uh, what they're saying is a series of challenges for families, kids, friends, and pros in recent and classic games on Switch. Additionally, the Splatoon 3 North American Championship Tournament and the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Championship Cup will be taking a place at the PAX Arena. Nintendo versus Arcade. There's a lot of branding being thrown around there that like is half familiar, half familiar and half like alien. Um, and it all makes me wanna like. Can they bundle these things for like us to play at home? Like, what do you mean? So uh, it involves a series of challenges for families, kids. Friends oh yeah, I and wonder pros what that means. Re- recent and classic games. That sounds like a uh, like NES remix kind of experience, but with games both old and new. It sort of reminds me of like the Nintendo World Championship uh, cartridge for the NES from you know all those years ago that sells for like ten thousand dollars now because it had like a little bit of world class track meet in it. It had a little bit of uh, Doctor Mario, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, why why can't why can't they do that for us? Yeah, that's interesting. For, for me, some, for some reason, I expected like. I didn't read into it that way. I thought it was just something kind of boring, but you're right. That, I guess, like, I don't actually know what that means. And it could be something really cool. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, why don't they give us something really cool? (laughs) Well, PAX East (laughs) is this Thursday running through Sunday in Boston. So uh, I think we'll probably pretty quickly be able to find out what exactly it is that we're missing. Mark, I get to read this next one. Oh, excellent. Last week, developer Yacht Club announced free DLC for Shovel Knight Dig. Fate and Fortune, which is available on PC and mobile now, is coming to consoles later. Um, Mark, this is DLC, free DLC for Shovel Knight Dig, a game that I love dearly, um, uh, but put away because I was like, I think I've experienced everything I'm going to experience in this game. There's a new Nightmare Mode, um, which is like harder stuff challenges that you take on with with the black knight um uh fetcher who's like a little dog who can uh, help you exit from the the runs or from the well mid run uh, with all of your like riches intact um there are mementos which are trophies for like the various accomplishments uh that you uh, achieve like within the within the game it was always tracking these um but now you can just like have little trophies on your title screen and uh, you know, share that with other people on social media. Um, there's a compendium that keeps track of everything you've collected. And Mark, there is a new musical track um, from uh, Jacob Kaufman, uh, who does all the music called Hexadecimate, um, which uh, is uh, awesome because it's new Shovel Knight music. Anyway, new Shovel Knight music is out there in the world, so uh, rejoice on that. Um, and then uh, finally, there are just a, a bunch of uh, quality of life improvements, uh, including like tweaks to uh, items and level designs, um, the ability to look up and down uh, with, with uh, like to pan the camera up and down to get a better idea of what's coming below you. You can turn off the auto downward thrust, which is a huge thing in this game. So the way Shovel Knight Dig works is you're always descending, right? 
And as long as you're jumping, Shovel Knight has his shovel pointed down, um, which means he, if he hits something that he can destroy, he always bounces off of it. And sometimes you're trying to descend faster and you don't have time to bounce up. So I'm going to turn that thing off and just land on things and dig through them. And it's going to make me better at the game. Um, and then some other like food and hit point balancing stuff. I'm very excited about these changes. I don't know uh, why it didn't launch on consoles the same time it launched on mobile and PC. But I'm very excited to revisit Shovel Knight Dig when it does. Very cool. Uh, I'll let you read this next one, too. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, there's a new game in the Super Meat Boy series that was announced over the weekend. Dr. Fetus's Mean Bean Machine. Meat Machine. Meat Machine, you're right. Uh, it's a play on uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. It looks like it's you know, basically that, which is just a, a Puyo Puyo game. Oh, how funny. But with like additional hazards. So like you'll be dropping the, the Puyos, or I guess the meats... Uh, on uh, on like a game board, but then there's like a saw that like cuts through the middle, and you have to just not drop pieces where they can get cut by the saw. Um, so uh, Mean Bean Machine, uh, a a great fun game. But uh, just uh, coming across this item uh, reminded me, uh, Doctor Fetus, uh, the villain from Super Meat Boy. Uh, it's just like the quintessential like Edge Lord. Uh, 2010 oh, like man, yeah. video game culture like joke of like here's a fetus in a robot body and like that's the bad guy, um, gross and stupid. Uh, but uh, is that when is Super Meat Boy that old? Yeah, is 2010. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, wild. Uh, but so look for that sometime this year. And then finally, a new Splatfest centered around controversial creatures. Like been, Dr. Fetus. <laughs> has been announced for Splatoon 3. Uh, you can choose between Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. oh, sorry. Just no, be, yeah. be with me for a second. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Goomba Fetus. <laughs> Very good. It's it's too bad that uh, Dr. Mario World is <laughs> it's true. no longer with it's us. It's gone. Uh, a new Splatfest themed around <laughs> controversial creatures has been announced for Splatoon 3. You have Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster to choose from, uh, aliens, and Bigfoot. Uh, now, which kind of aliens are, are these? Are these like xenomorph? Uh, like no, no. They appear to be the, um, just the like little gray man. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, March 31st, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific time through April 2nd, is uh, when the Splatfest will take place. So I think you can start choosing your team now, and if not now, pretty soon. Uh, so first... Let's determine which of these is the most controversial creature. Yeah, controversial, I guess, in its existence. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's not like which one of these things has been canceled. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. In that case, the answer is Bigfoot. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, Racism. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's a huge bigot. Um, Nessie aliens Bigfoot. Who's the most controversial? I think... I actually would say, uh, like the racism notwithstanding, I'd say <laughs> I'd say Bigfoot probably. See, I think aliens. Oh, really? I think most people are just like, yeah, aliens exist. Okay, but there are so many like theories around like the government covering covering up aliens. I don't think anyone believes that like the FBI is like trying to brainwash people into thinking Bigfoot doesn't exist, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's like, true. <laughs> like that's true. Area Fifty One, Men in Black. Like, there's this whole. Thing of uh -huh. like X Files, um, that the they're, the they're, the man is trying to keep you ignorant of aliens. The, I think that makes them more controversial. I yeah, actually, I think that's a really that's a really sound argument. 
Um, and then uh, which of these do you uh, rep in the Splatfest? You know, honestly, I don't feel strongly about any of these. Um, I feel strongly about one, but it's only because of its associations to a Mario character. Oh, Nessie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nessie, who reminds me of Plessy uh-huh. from Super Mario 3D World. That's good. That's a good mascot. reason to choose yeah. Nessie. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're all Team Nessie now, <laughs> uh, but we're going to secretly call it Team Plessy. Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter if you like. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Uh, you can also get in our Discord. Uh, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. 